Once upon a time, the boundaries between work and home were fairly clear. Today, however, work is likely to invade your personal life, and maintaining work-life balance is no simple task. It can be challenging, but it is, however, essential. So in this episode, let's get into how we can master the balancing act of your work life and personal life. That's the age-old question. Hey, <laughs> leave her. Let her talk. This is her ready. show, not yours. No, I thought she was going to segue. Come on, Daphne. I was. I was about to start with a hi, everyone. Yeah. Just trying to, just trying to banter. I, I see. My, my bad. Sorry, guys. No, okay. no, my bad. All right. I'll stop. Y'all are silly as hell. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Hi, everyone. My name is Purva, your host for this episode, along with my amazing co-hosts, LaShawn and Gordon. So we've all heard it. You need to have work-life balance, but it's almost like we're expected to know what it is. And as soon as you enter the workforce, people are, you know, saying you need to balance this, you need to balance that. But it's so hard to know what exactly that means and how exactly to get there, especially if you're just starting off your career. So let's start off with a basic question here. Um, Do you guys think you guys have good work-life balance in your (laughs) day-to-day? Well, Sean does absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. It's one of those. Why don't you? It's Sean? one of those things that it's nice to say that I would like to have, but I definitely don't put in the steps to make it a reality. If that makes sense. Mm. You don't put in the steps. Is that an intentional thing or how? yeah? Self-efficacy. I mean, I don't have a reason, but I think as you go through your day, things come up, and then you prioritize different things, and then you forget to prioritize this work-life balance thing. But it's something that I definitely look forward to working on, for sure. You're basically asking, do you have work-life balance? I definitely don't. I check emails at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Yeah, I told you to stop doing that. I mean... It's so bad. Here's the thing. All my work stuff is connected to an app on my phone, so I could easily just unconsciously just click it and scroll down just to check. And sometimes I just catch myself and I'm like, yo, what the hell am I doing right now? It's like 3 a.m. And then sometimes you get a message and I work internationally. So sometimes there's like quick emails that you could reply to. And I find myself just replying. It's a quick email, right? But in terms of setting boundaries, that's not the right approach. So do not listen to any advice I have for this podcast. (laughs) Well, would you say though, one of the things we talk about, right? So for my job. I have a work phone and a work computer. And I know for some people, they do work on their personal Mm -hmm. computer. So even from that perspective, maybe you're watching Netflix, you see an email notification pop up from work after hours. Like, does that interfere with your work-life balance? Having a separate laptop for work is so good because you just, you close it and you're gone. Like, that's your workspace and you don't need to worry about it because you've closed it. What about you, Gordon? What's your work-life balance look like? Hmm. (laughs) balance that's the word right yeah the way i think of work-life balance is if you're in a space where you're happy or satisfied with 
the proportion of time that you commit to work and the proportion of time that you commit to your other commitments. So you could be volunteering, family. So it's more if you're satisfied with the way it's going. Also, the satisfaction of your loved ones as well. The love You might have loved ones that want to spend more time with you. And while you're, you might feel like you have a good balance, they might not feel like you do. So is it really balanced mm. at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a bit tricky in a sense of it's very fluid. And I don't think you'll, it's almost like a, a comp, one of the cultural competency or whatever never competencies in your it. profession. It's like you just never, yeah. you're always striving to get the optimal balance. Mm-hmm. And it's in flux from day to day, hour to hour, week to week. And there's things happen in your personal life that might disturb that balance or things that might happen at work that might disturb that balance. So, yeah, I, right now I'm OK. It could be better. I don't know what better would look like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I would know what better looks like if I said, oh, wow, this is better than what I was doing last mm-hmm. week. But it's but I can't like LaShawn said, it's hard to picture what that looks like. So that's interesting that you say that. And I, I'm wondering because I know that you have been working from home for quite a, a long period of time and then you transition more recently into in person. Did you notice a shift in that balance as you moved in person more? That's interesting that you mentioned that because I think Statistics Canada actually did a survey and found that the majority of people who work from home all the time tended to be more satisfied with their work-life oh. balance compared to people who worked from home some of the time or not at all. But in my experience, I found that I worked more being at home, but I felt more comfortable. There's, Mm -hmm. you don't have the commute. There's not the same energy that you have to take with picking out full outfits for the whole week and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And you're doing virtual meetings, you know, when I was working in person first, yeah. you'd have to drive around. We have a lot of external partners. You'd have to go all around the city meeting with with people. And it's good to see people in person, but there's a lot of time that you spend doing there. So the convenience of just firing up a virtual meeting, meeting with someone. Even, and even though I was working longer at home, I felt less stressed. But working in the office, I feel like there's more of a boundary. Like... I go to the office, there's a start time, there's an end time, and if you want to work longer, chances are everyone who's in the office has left. So it's like that behavioral cue for you to stop doing your work as well. And that's something that I've been going through in the last (laughs) couple of weeks. That could even go wrong because if you bring your work Mm -hmm. devices home and then that just gives you another cue to be like, okay, so work is done, but like I'm going back to work at home. So I so I bring my laptop home after the workday. So I do hybrid. So I'm in the office for three days and then I work from home for two days. Mm-hmm. And I bring home my laptop every day because sometimes for whatever reason, if I need to stay at home the next day, I have it just in case. Right. But I don't really reach for my laptop once I get home. I still think that it's not like if it's an emergency and I wasn't able to finish something, then I'll try and do it. But hmm. You're not in that space. Like you've almost mentally clocked out. You've left your work Mm, spot, your home, you're spending time cooking dinner, this and that. So I'm on the same boat as you, Gordon, that going into the office, I tend to 
almost be able to set limits easier than when I'm working on the days that I'm working from home. On the days I'm working from home, I'm very easily working a little bit longer. But I also think that might be because... Not taking your lunch and breaks? Oh my God, yeah. it's mm-hmm. I don't take my breaks as much when I'm at home. And so I think in the sense that with the Stats Canada bit where you were saying people felt more satisfied with their work-life balance, I think for some people it might be that they're uh, able to, like while working, they're able to maybe cook themselves mm-hmm. a fresh meal, maybe throw in a load yeah. of laundry. They're able to create balance that way because they're in the same space. But in terms of the hours you put in, mm-hmm. I think it can be different for everybody, which really brings me to that point where there is no perfect recipe of mm-hmm. balancing out your work and life. It looks different for everyone because everyone's home life is different. And mm, so what's balance approach, okay? Yeah, so what's balance for me is not going to be the same as balance for you and Gordon. So I think the main thing is to not really go for like a perfect balance, but something that is realistic for you and caters to what is happening in your life. So I think the main thing is we should go back to desktop computers at the office so people can't take their work <laughs> home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I like no. that. I was being funny, but I it's feel. Not funny. But honestly, when I don't have like a second monitor, I don't feel like doing work. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Having a small laptop screen is yeah. not fun. <laughs> yeah. But one of uh, one of the things you had said though, right? And I just it really clicked just now. It doesn't seem like as much as we would expect it to be that working longer is a very big dissatisfaction factor. When you look at the other benefits that working from home gives. So I I would think that a lot of these folks that work from home all the time that have reported a better work-life balance could realistically put in more hours, Mm. but that might be outweighed by, okay, I have my dog, Mm. right? I can go and cook a meal, like you said, instead of like, meal prepping the night before, packing containers, and, and you can just make an egg uh, quick breakfast or something. And yeah. and maybe that, that that outweighs the extra hours you might spend dedicating to your work. Mm. So that's an interesting. So it's like almost this perceived decision-making or autonomy that you have at home where you're able mm-hmm. to do that. Like you, cho- yeah. you choose to do more yeah. work and forego things like breaks and lunch and maybe use it for different things and take less time away from your desk and mm-hmm. maybe that's what people do mm-hmm. it's interesting though i was remembering what you guys said about not knowing if where you're at with your balance is good or not like are you actually in a proper state of balance i think the best way is to just reflect on how you are doing mentally and physically right like are you overtired are you not finding time to mentally take breaks are you not able to pursue any of your hobbies or do any things with your friends and family and is that making you resent your job or resent your day-to-day and feel like you're stuck in a rut or if you're like really close to burning out those are really solid signs that you have probably a not good work-life balance on the other side if you've got less stress you've got a really nice setup with seeing your friends and family and you're feeling good or even being more productive at work i find that tends to be a good sign of having good balance yeah i would say so i would agree. relatable content on the not having work-life balance <laughs> are you constantly tired lashon constantly yeah 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 it's tough though i feel like 
there are certain steps we can take and I think we got to do the best that we can. So why don't we go into that? Like what can people do day to day or at work, at home? What are some <laughs> things they can do to create a relatively healthy work-life balance? Don't do anything. Is this the part where you said you'll be quiet? <laughs> don't, yeah, don't do anything I do. I'm just <laughs> here to listen to Gordon and Perva. Yeah, let's put it this way. I think for me, the biggest... I guess you could say barometer that I use to check when that pressure is getting a little bit unbearable is if I'm in a week and I'm and I say, wow, I wish I had more time for X. Mm. So that could be, I wish I had more time for work, wish I had more time for family, wish I had more time to hang out with friends. Then that's when I know it's not, the balance isn't working for that week. And then you have to assess what, how you can go about recalibrating. And this is something you're going to have to do every time. So whether that's, you talked about approaching burnout, I highly recommend that you self-intervene before that mm -hmm. point yeah. because the recovery is horrible. So I know I said, okay, if X and X happens the rest of the week, I'm going to snap. So I'll just mail it in, take a mental health day or sick day. I know some people don't aren't in a position to, to take that. Maybe they don't get paid days off or they're working part-time or things like that. But that's when you have a conversation with your, if it's primarily a work stress, you have that conversation with your boss. If it's something at maybe home with your family, you have a conversation with your family that whatever's going on there is severely impacting your job performance and those are the conversations that you have to be willing to have and there's not a permanent fix so you have to accept that you could be doing that quite frequently right, right. for the rest of your work life essentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just putting my two cents in here what are your thoughts on having these very rigid schedules of to-do lists and lotting time certain times of the day to make sure you have breaks etc uh, do you think that's sustainable in the long term do you mean like setting schedules for yourself? Like if that's sustainable? Mm -hmm. Like basically an itinerary for every yeah. day. I yeah. mean, personally, are you calling I, me out here? Personally, I don't think I could do that. Usually my schedule is pretty dynamic where different things are happening in my personal yeah. life. Work thing pops up. So a lot of things have to be reshuffled a lot of the times. In my case, that would set me up for a lot of failure. Mm. But I'd love to hear your experience with having this schedule that you're talking about. So I thrive on having a really good schedule. Sometimes, though, even when I've had schedules, like in times when I'm not working and I was in school, like I think it was second, third year, I had I was making schedules, but they were bad because I was overscheduling <laughs> myself so much, Dang. like so much. I would be putting in 12 hour schedules of studying on top of part time working, Ooh. volunteering, and I'd barely get time to like actually do anything and that turned into if I was actually having fun I would feel so guilty because I'm not putting in 12 hours of work so I think managing time is important and for me scheduling works really really well but it has to go hand in hand with knowing what works for you how much can you handle in a way that's healthy you can I can handle 12 hour work days but that's not healthy for me in the long term that's not good so really reflecting on what is the best way for me to actually be productive every single day 
and still be able to balance it out. So now I touch wood, I think I have a really good idea of how much I can do in a day and I don't overschedule myself. So mm. I think that's the main thing. I never try and skip meals. It's not good for you. Don't skip your meals, mm. you guys. Yeah, I think just reflecting. Make sure you learn yourself what your limits are yeah. and make sure you're keeping those limits with people around you and not saying yes to everything, which is something I am struggling with. Oh, very much. So I have a quick note there because we're talking about work, but what actually constitutes work counts as work yeah right are we talking volunteering like when yeah. I, Gordon and I and Perva as well we spend a lot of time on public health insight mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily consider that no. work work like that's fun no. for me but I do understand that it takes cognitive capacity and energy yeah. so I think just understanding that as well because some people can do eight hours of work some people even though they're doing quote-unquote work it might be stuff they're passionate about so they can go longer periods of time. Like Gordon said earlier, it's about understanding yourself and being able to set those limits and understand, mm-hmm. is there a point where I'm going to just snap if this just continues? So just trying to get a better understanding of what you like and your energy levels and stuff like that. And it may be a better way to think about work-life balance now that you bring that point up, LaShawn, is about balancing the things that you have to do. And yeah. balancing those with things with what you want to do. So, so have to do in general, you'd consider employment. So you're employed. Of course, ideally, you're passionate about what you're working on, but it's it's a contract. You sign. You have to go to work. And then for your volunteer, it's something ideally that you want to do, not that you have to right, do. Right. But then that's competing with times that you're spending with your friends, time that you're spending with your family time that you're supposed to be spending with yourself. I know self-care is a big part of this too. People want their own quiet time to read, to reflect, go for W-A-L-K-S. My dog is here, so I can't say <laughs> Oh yeah, word. I'll say it for you. If Gordon says walk around his dog, his dog Theo just pops up and gets super energized and won't leave him alone yeah. until they go outside the door. So, yeah. yeah, which is not good if I'm recording a podcast. Yeah. Is, he, is but, he beside uh, you? Yeah, so... Yeah, he's, he's under the table. Aww, he's, his ears would have popped up and he would have probably been scratching my legs to, <laughs> to end this podcast. But yeah, just like it's a bit of a pie chart. What you want to do, what you have to do. And then you just have to make sure the things that you want to do has space mm. in that pie chart mm-hmm. because you're not going to feel happy. You're not going to because usually if you have a tough job and then you get so much fulfillment outside of that it might compensate for your lack of satisfaction with your work. But Mm -hmm. when you're not satisfied with work and then not satisfied with being able to do the things that you want to do, that's when you approach that snapping point. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be a good balance. And I think if you're passionate about the things you do outside work, as you said, it tends to make the work part easier if work part Mm -hmm. is a little bit harder to do. Mm. No, that's a pie chart is a good, what's the word, visual to think of it as. Yeah. I I think this also emphasizes just the importance of working on something you love or you're passionate about because what is it? There's some like hectic stats out there. It's like you spend one, if on average, if you live to 75, you'll be spending one third of your life sleeping, one third of your life at your job, nine to five. And then the rest Mm -hmm. of the time you get to pick whatever you want to do. I think it's, it's interesting looking at all this through a time perspective as well. Just so you get that higher level lens of, I actually don't have that much time. So you get a better appreciation of what you can do on your free time and such. Yeah. 
conversations with friends too is good. So yes. If I complain to LaShawn and he complains to me, I said, hey, look, look, man. Look, buddy, I don't have I time think... for you. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, I think you need to take some days off there, bud. Because you might not be aware, but then the people who are who you're confiding in will say, okay, every day you call me at this time to complain about this. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's look at addressing that this week before yeah. you get to the point where everything breaks mm-hmm. down. So... Friends and those people who are close to you are a good little mirror to bounce things off of to see, to let you know where you're at. Yeah. I definitely think also if you find that you need that break, don't don't hold it off. Like holding off breaks and mentally clocking out for a certain amount of time from work or just and have like having fun. You need to do it. Like as Gordon said, if you find that, oh, I don't have the time to do this thing that I love, it means you really need to make time to do it. As long, as soon as you say, I don't have time to do this with my family, I don't have time to read that book or de-stress the way I usually like to, it means that's the moment you really, really need to do that. Right. And it, and it might be, and the thing about that, Purba, it might be true. It might be true that they, you don't have time to yeah. do it, but that's a sign that there might be a storm coming. Yeah. And that's why you have to look into addressing it it's totally realistic that a lot of things that you really like to do you're not able to do but if that list becomes too long and then you're doing a lot of things that you don't want to do but because you have to you might run into some problem so one of the problems i'm finding and i don't know if any of our listeners can relate to this or you too is after work obviously i'm working from home after work I'm still constantly thinking about things at work and how to solve different problems at work. And that honestly occupies a lot of time. Like, how am I going to find innovative ways to, you know, manage this situation or tackle this issue that's going on at work? And that, sure, you could work a nine to five. But if you're thinking about these thoughts for like Mm -hmm. extended periods after your work, it's just a complex thing that you're thinking about. And it's on the back of your mind, right? And I, I think what you're saying to LaShawn is during your work day, mm-hmm. you may not have been afforded the time like and space time. to actually think yeah. about these things. So there, you finish your work day with some loose ends that you didn't get to tie up. And it's something that you intend to have a solution for by the next day. And then you're left with no choice but to kind of in your free time to think about how you want to go about addressing that because you either need to address it first thing or the next day or the rest of the week, you won't have time to put energy into figuring that out. So what the hell do I do? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Let's get, uh, you know what the solution is? What's the solution? Adam Grant, organizational psychologist, Mm. has a podcast called Work Life. Solution is to listen to that and for Adam Grant to come on and tell us. How LaShawn can... Uh, we're really pulling... Li- listen, we're really Adam. trying to get Adam Grant. Listen, buddy, buddy, we're huge fans. We just want you to come on our podcast. I know you're a big shot and everything, but we support the work you do. What is it? You always send me quotes that he Yo, says. What he has the, the best quotes? quotes in the world, man. What's the quotes? What I actually say? just started following his podcast recently, too. Bangers, straight what bangers. Hey, leaders, if people aren't coming to the office, look in the mirror. They're not avoiding work. They're avoiding toxic mm. cultures, micromanagers, constant interruptions, and countless hours of wasted commuting. 
If you want people to show up more often, make it worth the trip. He's for the people. He's for the people. Maybe you should go on more vacations, LaShawn. Hey, I'm all about vacations. I think all employers mm. should give two months vacations to all their employees. Mm. And four-day work four weeks. Four-day work yes. weeks. Five-hour work days. <laughs> all remote. You going to take a decrease in pay for that? <laughs> Something I just want to quickly touch on is, I think mm. we briefly touched on it, is the COVID bit but also for individuals that have dependents or their caretakers i think it's difficult for them to set those work times away and something that i've seen online for people that have difficulty in creating those spaces having a good support system so that's always helpful i just wanted to make sure that we were putting that in there and if the support system is maybe not enough then always get in touch. If it's becoming too difficult to juggle work and life, get in touch with a mental health provider. Talk to your employer. They sometimes have good support that you can use. But always be mindful and do check-ins with yourself um, to create this good work-life balance just because it's very important. It's a continuous process because your family, your interests, your work life will constantly change. It's never going to be the same from one year to the next. So you've got to examine your priorities, make changes if it's needed, but make sure you're keeping on track of your goals without forfeiting your mental and physical health. This was Purva and LaShawn and Gordon signing off. Bye. Peace. Hello. No, you can't say <laughs> Hello. that. Nah, we're ending it's out. Funny. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.